Welcome to this week's episode of Recap and Ramble with Beck and Zoe. Welcome. How are you? I'm <laughs> good. You're looking at me oddly. <laughs> we're just having a quick coffee yes. and we're kind of it's easing actually, into the afternoon. Yes, well, we're easing into the afternoon and preparing for school holidays. School holidays. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are – our recap is we're coming off the back of our episode with Dr Billy Garvey and, my goodness, have we had the most resounding response to his um, his guidance and information and expertise. Um, everyone has – like, it's and people like people have you know, mum and dad text me from Rome. They're like, "We just listened to Billy in the car. We love Billy." Charlie's like, "Can I get Billy's number? I want him to be my best friend." He did say that. He did. He's like, "We both have red hair." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you're not a paediatrician. <laughs> you're not uh, medically trained." Yeah, no, he. Um, and then, uh, like, it, that's the thing. I think the vast array of people. It's it's he's. His messages and what he had to say was so profound that it's really um, impacted people from all different age brackets. And yes, you know. and the messages have been so lovely. Like it's just so nice to hear positive reinforcement mm. that you're not doing a crap job. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, yes. Well, he he, I think um, saved. Well, saved he carried us. that episode. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Um, but it's just like we were – I mean, speaking of school holidays and Dr Billy Garvey, I mean, we talk about being at capacity and mental load and I've got to say, uh, 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 his episode even for you me – You can't even get the words out. Yeah, You're like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Well, that's normal. But um, I, I, I can't even explain how much it came at the right time, even prepping this episode and li- re-listening to it. Like last night I even re-listened to him again just because I wanted to hear his advice again. So you're so good. I just cannot listen to him. Like obviously I love him. You're fantastic. <laughs> I um, hate hearing myself back. Oh, no, that part is uncomfortable. And I just think, why? Like why? That part is definitely uncomfortable and that's not that – I don't think it will ever get easier either. No, no. Well, actually, anyway, I'm skipping topics. But yeah. um, I it, – it made me realise – and speaking to some of um, the feedback of our, like, friends that have listened to the episode, just the mental load and the capacity, especially leading into, like, school holidays and you've got to, like, juggle, you know, working and school holiday programs and how to fill the kids' time and I don't know why, but everyone seems to be born in like September, October. Yeah, I know. It's just like the amount of birthdays is like extraordinary. I reckon we had 15. And so it's like preparing for just non-endless birthdays and birthday parties and stuff. Anyway, but my point is every single day I've been waking up at the moment just feeling like I actually have no – I don't know which way is up. I'm just like, get well, through the day. Well, I didn't even know what day it was the other day. And they're like, happy Wednesday. Oh, no, today's Wednesday. Happy <laughs> must have been Monday. <laughs> I don't even know. I was like, I don't even – I just like, yeah, everything's out of whack. My routine's just all over the place. Like, yeah. I'm just a bit not a hungry maybe. I don't know. Well, I think we're both very routine-based people and when we're heading into school holidays and you know you're about to lose that routine, it's a little nerve-wracking. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yes. So, um, yeah, the mental load. I don't even know what strategies I can give you for that because – That's all right. I'm just I'm, I'm just, just clawing my way. I'm just venting. But you read a funny article before about venting versus – what was it? Venting versus – Trauma dumping. 
Oh, I do that too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know. And I was like, oh, yeah, I had a bit of that last week. Because my thing is I do love calling friends for event, but I will start the conversation with morning, just calling for a quick event. Have yes. You got, have you got five minutes? And I know when you do that to me, I'm like, I, I know that in that moment you're not asking me to fix anything. I'm just literally the sounding board to, to get it off your chest. Oh, yeah, because I literally – I keep using the word literally. I'm like, ah. But I do go nuts. Like I verbal diarrhoea everything that's happened that day to piss me off and then I feel so much better. Yes. Do and you, you feel a lot worse after I've dumped that? No, <laughs> no, I, I actually do. I feel the same, a lot better. But I would say I probably enter into the category of trauma dumping a bit too often. But do you think, okay, so if we're talking about the differences, like I feel like you have incredible clarity after you've spoken to a friend. Yes. About something like, think, you know, you just process things in a different way. You hear their thoughts. Sometimes you do want, strategies sometimes you don't and I think that's Mm. you know the the emotional vent versus dumping problems on someone is different Mm. dumping problems that maybe you like you both know there's kind of no no solution to it I don't know what was the difference in the article well I think it's it's venting is seeing different a, a different perspective maybe and just having someone listen whereas trauma dumping is less constructive yep and it's like you just – you don't think about what you're telling your friend. You overwhelm them because you feel overwhelmed and you're just dumping this distressing kind of content on them mm. and you don't consider their ban- boundaries or their well-being because they're going to then carry your load. Yes, yes, totally. Rather than being like, I'm just using this as an example, this is not real life in our house. <laughs> Sometimes it could be. But like, blah, blah, blah. Left his fucking towel on the fucking floor. <laughs> you know, I would say that this towel issue has arised more than once. That's venting. <laughs> you know, if you're ringing up and then kind of saying, I don't know, like deeper emotional stuff, that's dumping. Yes, yes, I hear you. I know. But sometimes you want, you need to do that too. But mm, I don't know. I, know. I don't know. Pick your yes. But it's also being aware of it, and I think even talking about it now, it's like okay, if you're going to pick up that phone and make that phone call, then like you know what what outcome are you hoping to achieve, and what do you think that person um, can do for you in that moment? But yes. what's it going to do to them in that yes. moment? But and, and that's why I often like to say. Where are you? What are you doing? Do you have a minute? Because <laughs> then it does prep them for the trauma dump. And that's where the AirPods go in so the children can't hear the swear words that are about to occur. Yes, yes, 100%. So I'm glad we've um, talked that through and now we know the difference. Yes, I'll be conscious of that moving forward. Thank you. And I'll be conscious too. So that's that on that light topic. Well, speaking of mental load, I mean, you've got a mental load at the moment because it's springtime and what does spring? Well, no, spring is spring is sprung. And yes. you know what sprung last week was the NGV women's lunch. Yes, we did get to go. And to that, that. Was that was so much fun. Yes, it was. It was really, it was a, a beautiful day and so nice. No, it to, wasn't. The weather was raining. Well, no, I meant I meant. <laughs> and the I just love the irony in that. I love that we were all like spring has sprung and it's like, 14 degrees and rain. Yeah. We're all in shades of black. You're in houndstooth. <laughs> a vision in houndstooth. Um, no, but it was. It was nice to do – it was nice to attend a, a lunch 
well, it was at the National Gallery of Victoria and um, being surrounded by art and other women and hearing, well, this what, this year's theme was uh, My Food Is My Art. Yep. Um, and they had an incredible panel on there. So it was Annie Smithers, it was Bridget H- – sorry, I can never say this right. I was really wrong. Brigitte Hafner of Tedesca, Kate Reid of Loon – and they spoke so well. Yes, interviewed by Jemima Cody, who was a former Good Food Guide writer and is a food journalist. And it was seriously so enjoyable to just sit there and listen to them and their stories and their wealth of knowledge within that scene. I know. and But also um, it made me realise how much being a chef – like I prepare meals to get dinner on the bloody table. You know, Very different. But, I know, but then – Well, it takes the joy out of it because it's so methodical – and yes, like, you know, everyone needs to eat. But hearing these women speak about food and produce in a way in which how much they respect it, like that, you know, um, Brigitte talked about how at Tedesca, you know, they grow everything, they try and nourish all their produce um, and how much they respect the food before they prepare it and it is truly is an art. Like it makes sense. Yes, and you can taste it in this food. Like it is the care, you know, the care, the presentation from the going to the market or picking it from the garden or whatever through to the client or the guest eating it. Yeah. It's such a ritual. Yes, it is. It's a ritual ceremonial kind of experience. Where and it's so special. So much like to more eat food that has had that care than having a overcooked <laughs> schnitzel. Are you looking at my kitchen bench? <laughs> I, was like, I was looking at that dry snitty on the bench and I was like, not a lot of care has gone into that. No. Um, I'm <laughs> Definitely my... not paddock to plate there. <laughs> No, that's just get it, get it done, get them fed, get to bed. <laughs> They're that's in a soup kitchen. <laughs> anyway, some lovely moments there. Um, so anyway, yes, yeah, spring has sprung, but also with spring, when I think of spring, I think of weddings. <laughs> Your favourite time of year. This is when I come into full kind of panic mode. Now, I just have been having so many inquiries. Well, for people that listen that don't know what I do, I do weddings in my other paid job. <laughs> Um, this is the unpaid, this charitable. Is the unpaid job. Um, but I do weddings and I've just had all these inquiries come through for like 2025, 2026 and I look at them and I'm like, listen, I may not be here then. <laughs> what do you mean? I may be overseas. I may have packed up and I've left. I've changed jobs. <laughs> oh, I don't God. like I love that people plan ahead, but I'm also just like Oh, my God. I know, but I must say I fall into that category. I know what I'm doing in 2025, 26. In fact, if Tom sometimes comes to me and he's like, oh, can we do this in 2025? I'm like, no, it's not in the schedule. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've got a luck. I've got a luck. No, plan. I do. I like that, but I just, yeah, I don't know. At the moment, no, I need to embrace it. And, you know, it, it, it's great. They're getting organised. I can yes, get on the bandwagon. someone else. <laughs> No, it'll be fine. We'll get into it because I don't. Yeah, weddings. Weddings this season are just looking different. And well, because what's it like post COVID? Well, this is what I was discussing with, um, you know, a, well, a colleague the other day. I was just saying, God, it's it feels different. And she's like, Well, a lot of people didn't meet anyone during COVID, so she's like, You're getting that lull. Mm. Like we had so many weddings, you know, coming back out of COVID, but then now it's like they're steady. 
Yeah. But it, it's just different. I mean, you know, you've got the cost of living's really high. People are investing their money in other things, you know, not necessarily large weddings. You know, some are doing smaller things. They're buying houses. They're not getting married, all these different things. Um, but they didn't meet during COVID, so therefore they're not getting married. Yeah. So you've got so many people that were at home and that didn't have relationships. Yeah, it's wild, So there's it? that kind of – and I, I'd never thought of it like no, that. No, I mean, and I've now, never um, heard it described like that either. Yeah, and so now, I mean, it, it does make complete sense. It would be interesting looking at the statistics on that. Mm. Um, but, what? you know, and, and I think people are changing like bridal parties. So you had a huge bridal party. Yes. Yes. Any any regrets? No, well, you organised. I, I was like, I was <laughs> you organised. I was in it. <laughs> um, oh, I was thinking of hens, hens Day. Um, also regrets. <laughs> so many regrets. But I don't. Um, I don't know. Like, if you think back to what you would ever have wanted to have changed, would you have done a big wedding? Um, I mean, I love personal. I loved everyone, loved and I, I I do love the concept of. Because you do, really do try and get it. Anyone that's ever touched your lives as a person or a couple in the room is a beautiful thing. I think the reality of it is, is that the bigger, the more difficult it can be to really relish every single guest at that wedding and and like yes, and spend in, time with and them and spend time with them. Um, so if I had my time again, I would have gone smaller. I actually, to be honest, well, you did have your time again. Yes, I, <laughs> I won't traumatise everybody with that. No, but we did um, – I, I surprised Tom with re- renewing our vows and we did do a smaller um, I thoroughly vow. enjoyed that event. Yes, we did. We took everyone away, our three best friends away and partners and, um, and stayed for a weekend post-COVID. We were actually very lucky to be able to do it because it was five days after all the restrictions were lifted. It was a miracle. It was. And, um, and we got to, um, to actually sort of probably do it in a way that um, re-signified our commitment but then also like just relish it in a – because I got married younger, I, I got to relish it as an adult, whereas yes. I sort of feel like I got married more as a child. <laughs> <laughs> as a child bride. I know, I, I was thinking back to our wedding and I, I did love it, but I just had Charlotte because I'm someone that just has to control everything. I couldn't handle everyone like not being in the right outfit and I was like, no, nah, yeah. screw this. No, it's smart. I'm just going to do you. She actually looked way better than me, which is incredibly irritating. That, I, that, I don't know. No, I, I go back and look at those photos and I'm like, no. You, like, you are so no, she Pippa Middleton, the shit out of me. <laughs> and I was like, when she came out that is... in that dress and I was like, she's not having foundation. <laughs> just I was like, no. Nah, smear sorry. mascara. No makeup for her. <laughs> You both looked incredible. But I You've think never had that worry with me. <laughs> Shut up. No, I think, yeah, weddings bring a lot of joy and um, I'm looking forward to this season. I know. Uh, well, good luck to you because that's going to be a joyous next three months where we're going to try and no, have to podcast. it's like, what? It's longer than three. It well, I get through I'm bloody thinking, April. Well, I was thinking of this <laughs> yeah, year, I but know, you're right. I know. Um, podcasting and um, and wedding season is going to be fun. But anyway, we'll see how we go. Onwards and upwards. Um, anything else to talk about this week? Well, we've uh, just who we've got coming up. Oh yes, because we've got. Um, we're very lucky that we got to sit down with the incredible Australian sports journalist Caroline Wilson, and I'm we sitting here with glee on my face. <laughs> I love her so much. Yeah, and she was so um, she was so good. She she 
again, right, and Zoe and I talked about um, how much she's just a woman that um, absolutely is resilient and like you know it doesn't matter the um the media splashes headlines that she gets that they get that get written about her she strides through it and um and she's got such a good sense of self and you know is um is just a real powerhouse yeah, trailblazer she is, she is. you use that word in and our just, intro and I was like yes that's what yeah, she is yeah I, I look up to her so much i find her so I want to say the word steadfast. Like she's yes. capable, she's strong. You have so much faith in her. Like when she talks to you, I'm like, I love your guidance. I felt like yes. everything was going to be okay. But yeah, it's so nice to sit down with someone older and ha- like share their reflections. And wiser. Yeah, and share their reflections and their experiences because you do learn so much. And, and also someone that's managed to stay married, have three children, yes. have a career. Yes. I'm like, that is, God, a massive feat in itself. Yeah. Um, Funny that I also didn't know, I don't know anything about football. So um, that was, that that was. That was also (laughs) thoroughly entertaining and also slightly (laughs) alarming. I mean, she did refer to a few scandals that have happened in the football industry over the time. And I was like, ah. Yeah, you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, she's Smile got no not. idea. <laughs> what anyway, talking about? looking forward to bringing you that interview. Yes, so that is our coming up next episode and we can't wait to share it with you. So thanks for joining Recap and Ramble. Adios. Bye.